I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey everyone, we are extremely happy and proud to announce that we will be taking part in a Movember campaign this year, and the time is nigh to begin this effort in earnest. We will be engaging in some sometimes not-so-friendly competition this year to see who can grow the best mo and who can raise the most dough. Are you Team Jer? You better be. Team Tay? Maybe Team Bride. Who do you think is going to come out on top? Let us know in the comments over on Instagram and YouTube. And in the meantime, put your money where your mouth is and head over to sickboypodcast.com slash Movember to pledge your allegiance. Men's health is near and dear to us. We've spent hours chatting with people who have been through the ringer with everything from cancer to suicidal ideation and the importance of developing a dialogue around these incredibly important topics. On November 8th, we'll be hosting a free live show for our friends at Movember. We'll be speaking with Mitch Hermanson, good friend of the podcast, as well as the director of development over at Movember. We'll also be speaking with John Olive, who is the Canada Research Chair in Men's Health Promotion at UBC's School of Nursing. And boy, oh boy, we can't wait. Last but not least, on November 1st, we're launching a shirt collection that is 100% Movember-inspired and 100% supporting our fundraising efforts. Every cent of profit from these t-shirt sales is going to the cause. So why not show your support and get some great new threads in the process? Go to shop.sickboypodcast.com to get yours today. doing this uh patrons what's up how's it going uh very excited for tonight's patreon live stream uh exclusive stream from sickway exclusive um we have a very special guest tonight as you can see the setup of the studio is a little different we got this beautiful couch we got a beautiful dog on the couch we got a a man, a beautiful and a family, beautiful woman. Oh, we got a beautiful family of <laughs> four on the couch. It looks like three, but really it's four because Kyla, you've got a bun in the oven. I do. You're pregnant. Cooking. <laughs> I am. We're cooking. Because this is crazy. <laughs> We're cooking. You're pergonante. Um, this is really exciting. Wait, is that Spanish? Uh, <laughs> Pergnant? Italian? <laughs> um, this is really exciting because, I mean, it, it's fun because we've, we've expressed to the patrons that you guys are having babe. It, it hasn't come out to the public. It has. Really yet, except for in our Movember live show, you let it slip. No, Kyla, Kyla just uh, did a little thing a, couple, a few days ago. Well, it, it, I 
didn't say, I don't know if you guys saw, I did a post about IVF and our experience going through it ah, oh. and brought awareness to, yeah, just the facts and the difficulties around it and how grateful we were to right. be able to go through it. But I didn't say if I was or not. Okay. Right. So it's a we- lot of people assumed. And then, of course, anyone I've seen in person since then, I've told... I- She's told the she's told the she's told the the, the close close closer right. circles. She, but but we haven't had, we haven't announced it publicly yes, on the podcast. Yes, no, exactly. That's right. Yeah. right. So we did a live show, a November live show. There were a bunch of people there. You did you did say it, and and when you did, I was I was like. I looked around, like I looked at Brian, and I was like, "Don't oh, tell Kyla." Like, are we gonna like? Should we should we talk about this now? But I was like, "No, this is not what we're here now for." Now I'm sad. I would have seen that. He happen. let it slip for it's a moment. Okay. It was very I brief. I would have liked to see it, but I was taking a, it was a in the labor same... and delivery prep course. At yeah, the same it, it was in Lamaze. the same. Uh, <laughs> it was in the same context as uh, the conversation that we're gonna have today. I was relating to IVF and and all the kind of the. The struggles and some of the communication stuff, which I'm sure we'll 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 get mm. into, and and you know the the way that I felt like I struggled to communicate with you in the beginning, like earlier on in that whole process. But mm. we'll get yeah. into that. I, I'm surprised it took as long as it did for you to start talking about it, Taylor, because like just no and and like to be serious for a second too, um, which I'm sure this conversation will be very serious. Um, the like the way that it affected. And has affected both of your lives and and was front of mind for you for so long to be able to go in and like you know turn that off for a second to like sit and have an an hour long conversation an hour long conversation on the podcast with with somebody about what they're going through and like probably wanting to relate so strongly I think too there was the we did the episode episode about uh miscarriages yeah with Joanne and I couldn't help but think during that conversation I was like Oh man, Taylor! Yeah. Like I bet you want to go. Well, there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of conversations um, over the past. I mean, close to a year now, um, but I guess more like officially when we were going through IVF, which was in the spring and early summer. Um, there was a lot of conversations that we had where I was like, "Holy shit! I'm relating to you in this way that I can't really talk about." Mm-hmm. And that and and yeah, and that that was hard, that was hard in the way that I I wanted to because you know we're always like whenever we're talking to people we're trying to we're trying to meet them where they are with our experiences yeah. and be like hey you're not alone maybe we haven't gone through the same thing but I see you and I relate to you in this way mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to do that and so that Lord knows that when you had your bike accident it was all you could fucking talk about for like Jesus I know a year and a half and I needed and I and I needed to I needed to re up but honestly so that annoying. post that I just shared uh I think one week ago to the day I wrote that probably on July 1st with the intention of sharing it publicly then um while we were going through it again it wasn't a post like hey i'm pregnant it was a post about the process and Mm -hmm. just bringing awareness and facts towards that so i always intended to share it while we were going through it and then um and being really open about it but then when you're in it it is just a different experience and i felt like i just have to get through this before i can give energy to anything else right i just i could not yeah, I just I had to just do what I mm-hmm. was doing and just give all my energy to that and not to like sharing it with other people and and 
really giving that extra energy to those conversations. What was it a feeling of like, holy fuck, this is so overwhelming, but there's like such an important thing to share here to, to sort of like bring awareness to yet, like at the same time, it's hard enough to go through it on your own that like every ounce of energy and fiber in your being is like, Oh, I just got to fucking get through today. Like I want, I want, I understand that there's value here to, that could help somebody else. But like, you know, right now I just need to prioritize myself and my family. Yeah. And I, I'm actually surprised again, at like the way we did handle it and how we did come out and kind of communicate our experience. But well, even before IVF, just like me knowing the struggles and knowing that I might end up in that scenario, it was so consuming. Like I was having so many appointments and trying to figure so many things out. And obviously we were trying like crazy and just doing everything we could. Trying like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> My polite we way were of saying. I mean, the, let's we break were, that down for a second. We the, the, trying. the trying like crazy. Did you, you know, like after you ejaculate with inside the female um did you like were you doing like upset like like yeah. yeah jumping jacks and like hugging your knees oh, into yeah. your belly and I, like I did all the things like trying to trying to i guess try not to sneeze yeah, which is a problem <laughs> for me. So it doesn't shoot out. Maybe yeah, that so was it doesn't a problem. blast out of your. I sneeze too cool. much. That's why I couldn't you do get pregnant. sneezed all the yeah. come out. You do yeah. sneeze um, way too much. I do. I do want to kind of. I, I want to sort of take it back a little, mm. um, because I'm, you know, the the decision to, to go forward with IVF. Um, the reason people do IVF is because, I'm guessing that like no one would ever go through IVF unless they couldn't naturally, not naturally, but they couldn't have a baby through the, the tried and true method I, of like I will correct PNV. You. That's typically it, yes. But now, especially in our generation, people are career focused, settling down later in life. So as a woman, you are on a timeline. So I do oh, know right, of okay, people yeah, right. who, um, because they, they'll say, you know, your eggs are better now, better quality, but also better quantity now than when you're older. Yeah. So a lot of women might try, you know, to make their embryos and have them frozen. Right. Like do that, say, when you're young, 30s, mid 30s, whatever, when you're kind of thinking about it, but not ready. And then later, you know, say your late 30s yeah. or something, then oh, you can actually use those. It's like you're going e back in time. Even Whoa. in saying that, I, even in saying that, I kind of feel I feel a little bit stupid for saying it that way because there's I, I mean, there's people out there that. Or don't have a partner, and they're like, "I want to have yeah. a kid, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do IVF like yeah. on my own." And th there's many different reasons, but and I lesbian guess couples like lesbian couples, sure, who yeah, yeah, who yeah, don't yeah. have you know. That was really that was a really dumb thing for, for me to say. But well, no, you were saying it. It made sense in the sense that like, is anyone doing it if they don't need to? Right. Kind of. yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas like for fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the recreational scenario, <laughs> I said first, like, kind of, I guess, because they, you know. But they're making that choice. Yeah. Again, it's just it's not the right time for them now, so they're wanting to save and do it later. But in your guys' case, um, it was because you couldn't get pregnant? Well, yes. We don't know that for sure. There wasn't any, you know, 
set factor as to why we couldn't. We certainly were doing everything right. Because Taylor was telling me that he's never actually come before <laughs> and doesn't know how. <laughs> and so we, we, it was weird. Like we, he came we were in trying was, to coach him. Like yeah, he was yeah, here we, jerking off. And we, we were like, yeah, that's it, dude. Like, and just keep, <laughs> keep going. going, keep going, keep going. And then yeah. he was like, I, I feel like I'm going to b- b- pee. And I was like, <laughs> you're not going to pee, but like, yeah. I, th- I think going. that's what you're yeah. going for. It's frightening the first time. <laughs> yeah. So, so did, so, Okay, so they basically <laughs> said, <laughs> they said because we can't say for certain, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with either of you. Yeah. Um, they say it could happen naturally within three years. And so we had already gone a year and a half. And like, I, I know that that's not typical. Like, it should have happened sooner. I know it happens for certain people later for sure. But in our case, yeah, I just feel like it should have happened sooner. What do you mean they told so, you three? Like, they were like, if you're trying, give yourself a three-year window to well, see if it works. They say that tricky. that could, it could, it could, it could, like, that's the, like, if you can't, if you, if you can't get pregnant in three years, then, then like, definitely then do it's, IVF. then it's, oh, yeah. yeah. So they okay. kind of, you know, okay. they say now that if you're younger, you know, try for a year and then refer yourself um, or get referred to a fertility clinic. If you're older, you try for six months and then see a fertility mm. clinic. Oh. Um, but because, uh, you know, often they do find, whether it's PCOS or endo- endometriosis, like a lot of conditions you guys are familiar yeah. with, um, issues with the sperm, fallopian tubes, various things, they often find something, so then they know, like, okay, yes, it's not going to happen naturally, but they couldn't find anything for certain with us, so but they didn't they, said... But didn't they find that, Taylor, didn't they find that you had, and I'm not trying to be funny here, you had, no, like, his, flat-headed his sperm? sperm isn't yeah. great, but ouch but there's <laughs> ouch <laughs> taylor would you like to rebuttal <laughs> his sperm is subpar hey, hey, honey everybody. honey hey everybody. hey everybody no matter what anybody says to you don't ever listen to them i've got the best sperm <laughs> I, I mean i went um, i went into the clinic i said look at i said look at the sperm they said he has the best quantity tremendous i walked into the room i said oh my god look at the sperm this is the best that's a really good impression they said to me they said i've got the best sperm i've got the best sperm i said look at it it's amazing i want to i want to go back even further for a second too because i i imagine that a lot of stigma around like the idea of getting pregnant the idea of like when when people find out that you can't get pregnant um for a long for many years you guys were like Ah, yeah, like we don't, we don't, we don't want to have kids, mm-hmm. and yeah. so that was it, a blessing that I said that. <laughs> it, well, well, the interesting thing is that it, like, I remember it even came as a surprise to me when, when I found out that you guys were trying. I was like, oh fuck, like you guys, you guys are, you guys are gonna have kids. That's <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. amazing. But th- then also, then like when, I guess when you start to experience, like you go on and you're you're still not, it's you're not successful in getting pregnant then it's so funny because all of the language around getting pregnant is like successful, wrong, right, good, bad. Like it's, it's hard to, it's hard to find the right language to say like, even like your sperm was bad because. Well, they don't say that. They don't, they don't say that. They didn't say bad. They said weak. What what I'm saying is like. They were good swimmers. There was a lot of, lot of them. It just wasn't. The proper shape, but I mean that in like in conversation with like like the casual conversation, uh, misshapen sure, like, and they, weird. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> but the but the point is that I'm that I'm asking is like this idea of like oh well like you sort of like say that you you don't want to get you're, you're not planning on having kids and then when you try and then people I imagine that a lot of people are like oh well like 
you know, that's, that's like, I feel sorry for you, but like, you didn't want kids to begin with, right? Or like, well, do, do people say things like that? Or I think that I think that like the, that's something that's part of the bigger backdrop of this whole story, which is like, which through this whole experience we've like realized is is crazy common with tons and tons of people, and this is a very, you know, a very shared experience. But um, you know, the the bigger backdrop is you know, Kyle and I, like you said, we we went, we've been together for ten years, like from the very beginning of our relationship. I was really young. I was 20 and, and we said we didn't want kids and that was true the entire, our entire relationship. And then, I mean, if I was Kyla, I wouldn't have wanted kids with 20 year old you. No, well, that would have been, like, well, no. no, be been a fucking a nightmare. Mistake. <laughs> and then the next Hitler. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Let's not go that far. I mean, I mean you never know. I, guess. Well, I mean, Pol Pot at least. <laughs> and then, and then, and then what happens is, is we like eventually over time, we decided that we did, want a kid and and when we made that decision and which is something that I think at least for me and I don't know about you from the female side and how and what your initial thoughts were but my thought was oh we've decided we're going to have a kid so we're just going to have sex and then there's going to be a kid yeah mm-hmm. and it was like that was because the, when the, we because coming up like growing up that's, I mean, fuck, dude. Like, you have sex without a condom, dude. You're definitely getting your partner. Yeah, pregnant. like you're just like, oh fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get someone pregnant for sure. Yeah, you know. And that's a, and that was like the, that was the thinking, at least for me. I remember we basically made that decision, had sex one day, and then I went, and you went like this. <laughs> yeah, I, went, I went, that's that. But I remember, I remember being so blown away by our just the decision that we made to try and want to have a kid that I met up with you, Jer, and I believe Dennis, and we we're sitting at the Dartmouth Commons and I went, guys, I'm, we're, oh, yeah. we're having, we're, we decided to try and have a fucking kid and we just had sex <laughs> just now. And like, and, and I remember going, and maybe it's done. Yeah. <laughs> this is before middle, you knew your sperm was weird. Little did I know that we'd have to have sex 10,000 more times. times. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> um, what was that, what was that conversation like um, or what was the first conversation that you guys had with each other when you were like, oh, you know, like we've had this idea of maybe not having kids, but, you know, I think maybe I would like to have kids. Do you remember what the first time was like that you talked when you talked about that? I remember it was usually me bringing it up because I think I became a maybe before Taylor, like Taylor maybe was a little more indifferent. Um, but I mean, yeah, I was 24 when we started dating and I, I don't, we were in our old apartment. So it was like early on in our relationship. I remember it first coming up then on my birthday one year, like, and I think as a woman, that's just a thing. It sucks. But you know, I, I did kind of have to consider that. And I always thought it was a blessing because, oh, if I don't want kids, I don't have to worry about my age. And then you start to think, well, no, like I, I don't. The clock keeps ticking. I don't want a kid now. I mean, yeah. I'm like 25 or whatever, thinking about it. Um, but what if I do later? Mm-hmm. As much mm-hmm. as I said I didn't, like, how do you know when you're in your young 20s what you're actually going to yeah. be like in your young 30s? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like a thought that would come up on my birthday, just thinking, oh, I, I actually have, even though I don't want that now, I have to decide at some point if I want that later. And so it was kind of 
you know, I'd bring it up a little bit in that sense. It was COVID. Then, I th- I think it well, was. Well, we, yeah. We, had the co- we started having conversation earlier, but COVID was a big catalyst. But, but it was before COVID. And again, knowing that my birthday was approaching be- before COVID hit. Um, and again, just being a woman, like thinking about things. I decided to go off the pill then. So that was kind of the first step. We had that conversation. It was like, let's not start trying, but let's just go off the pill in case, you know, and just see. What happens? No, not not like try, but just see how I feel or see if that shifts my thinking or helps us make a decision. Yeah. So I was off the pill for a couple months. Yeah, before COVID. And then definitely when COVID hit, that put things in perspective because I remember for the couple of years prior, which, you know, maybe I didn't fully share with Taylor, but I mean, I have now, but those couple of years, I didn't fully share it. Um, I started to see it being more of a maybe, but I could never think about when the timing would be right. Cause I refused to give up my lifestyle, which was just traveling all the time and being free and doing what I wanted mm-hmm. and, and, like, then, and slapping babies. Yeah. This whole thing, but like beating <laughs> other very, people's babies. Very aggressive then, with babies. Yeah. And then uh, no, and not being a baby person at all. Um, I know, which is why you were hitting them. And, and then um, <laughs> when honestly, yeah, when travel was taken away and you know, you're at home and it's just like us you do start to think about what what does life yeah. look like if this was life all the time or what else is there to life. That's why so many people got dogs during the pandemic. Totally. <laughs> yeah. You guys just took it one extra step further. And to be honest, we weren't 100% when we started to try. We just had this thought, and this is kind of my reasoning with everything. You know, if if it's a maybe, then it's a yes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if, if you're, I always use the analogy, if you're thinking of breaking up with someone, you should. Because right. you maybe wouldn't be having those thoughts, you know, or if you're thinking about getting a dog, just do it. Because if you didn't want a dog, you'd just not be thinking about it all the time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just kind of thought, OK, if it's if it was a no and now it's a maybe, then. Maybe something I, I changing. think that that maybe is there for a reason. Yeah. So I, I'm never going to and I would say this is Taylor. I'm never going to be that person who says, like, yes, I'm ready. Let's do yeah. this. Mm-hmm. It's just there was something within me that like just I don't know and maybe I would have when I was older been like yes now's the time but I just couldn't I just couldn't say like yes let's do it and so it was a maybe and we said okay it's a maybe then let's just try Um, and then through the struggle that was very eye-opening and made it very apparent to me that you really wanted it really do want yes and to go back to something you said Jer about like who has like who has who does IVF and like what the reasons are and stuff like when they give you that three year window of like, if it doesn't happen in three years, like the odds of it happening ever are like close to zero naturally. Um, but they say also like, don't even refer until, until a year after of trying. And, and, and you can speak to this a lot better Kai. And you've kind of, you've mentioned it a few times is like the, the biological clock that is ticking you know, for a woman is like, it, it really makes you start thinking like, fuck, if we start having sex now and it doesn't happen and then we can't even start this process, that there is a wait, a lengthy wait for once you do do it, then like that could be two, that could be close to two years away from now. 
And that is puts another big dent in this clock and the bi- the biological clock. And, and I know that was that weighed that weighed heavy on on you. And and which is really hard for me to even wrap my head around, even though I know it conceptually, like really hard for me to wrap my head what, around. Yeah. What happens after 35 that like makes that makes it it's a just, higher risk. statistic. Every, pussy dries up, dude. Well, it's just every <laughs> it's a dry year. pussy. It's like your WAP is now a DAP. Um, every year you have less and less eggs. And okay. once you hit what I meant. once you hit your 30s, it just yes, they like obviously later 30s gets a bad rep, but in a different sense. So once you hit your 30s in general, like that's when your eggs drastically start to decline. Mm. Um and a lot, like I know women in their thirties who are told like, you don't really have much left. It's mm-hmm. called dom- diminished ovarian reserve. And like, yeah, there can be people who aren't even in their thirties yet who need like yeah. egg donors because they just can't have enough. But you know, that's, that's one side of it. It, as far as like being high risk, um, you know, just being older in general, like mm-hmm. t- it's typically more so over 40 is when you have like risks of like chromosomal things. But, um, but you, you cross know, the w- threshold of 35 and they put you in a different category. I was told that, that I would be high risk for doing IVF and, and I'm not like I was initially on the high risk floor and they're like, no, you're too young. You're too healthy. Like you're, we're kicking you off this floor, which is actually a good thing. I know, but uh, <laughs> it was nice to have extra care mm-hmm. for a while up there. Um, but yeah, they said, you know, it just really depends on the person. But your mm. eggs drop like crazy yeah. once you're in your 30s. So that the process of of before we we go further into the IVF thing, um, let's I, I want to just kind of rewind and and go back to the moments of you guys trying to make it happen. Dude, you just really want to like you want get the in details. the details. Really <laughs> want to get <laughs> in the bedroom for what a are second. The, what, what were the positions? <laughs> no, no. No, I uh I, there is a, there is something to that. Like it's not it, Oh I, yeah, I, they I like they're like like doggy style Missionary. all the, uh, is there what, actually what, something to that? What was it? It was. Well, I mean, it's no, it, like it's to increase like, your chances. It's like anything. Probably like, a little pseudoscience-y. Mixed, okay. mixed reviews. This but. is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> this, so I wanted to get into this because there's a question. We've got a few questions that have come in. All really great. Um, but what, the first one from Whitney is Kyla. I wonder if you have had any experiences of others recommending things to you through this process. Everyone has ha- has opinions and quote. Have you tried? Um, how did you approach these conversations? I hear from so many people, so many pregnant slash trying to get pregnant friends that the opinions and recommendations of others can be overwhelming and almost shaming in a way. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm literally the top researcher and, you know, organizer, as you guys know. I, like, I learn everything that I, any supplement, any th- test, anything I could possibly do. The best. Um, I know about, and I've done, that's just in my nature. I will research everything like crazy. Um, so people who knew me, and again, it was only people really close to me who knew what I was going through, but of course they're still going to suggest like small things. Sure. Um, and you know, yes, I was already doing them in the beginning. Obviously I didn't know, but again, it was kind of more so through my own research that I learned. Um, but yeah, if people did give me advice that I already knew, it was kind of just like, oh yeah, you know me, I've already researched everything like crazy. I'm doing absolutely everything I can. And yeah, I just did, did know you, that I can't really do anything else. Did you ever do um, 
anything that might may have seemed sort of like irrational or crazy, but you were like, fuck, on the off chance that this might work, I might do it anyway. And I think of, uh, I remember when my brother and I went to Disney World and, and we were 10 years old, um, we were at like, Cocoa Beach or something, and and I was like, I want to have the exact same experience as my brother, so that I can talk about this with him like years from now, and we'll remember it the exact same way. So I walked in every footstep that he took to like be like, <laughs> okay, cool, like I'm gonna now my experience is the exact same as his, which is crazy and obviously not true, and probably just ruined my experience. <laughs> this more. is so relevant, but but it's like <laughs> such a, a bogus silly thing. But in my head, I was like, oh well, you know on the off chance that this maybe will make my experience better in the future. <laughs> I'm going to try this anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that anything was that out there, but man, I feel like my life and my money was consumed by, I mean like, like supplements, I took every supplement possible. You know, I did acupuncture. I paid for multiple ovulation tests and all the things. Oh my God. Be, the ovulation test. Fuck. Um, I mean, didn't you guys buy a rhino horn <laughs> and ground it up? Yeah. And well, we actually, it? well, actually, we were on safari in 2018. Yeah. And with a little bit of, I remember. Since, since we had had the conversation, just like had a conversation, and I thought, well, maybe. So there was a rhino that we came across. I snuck off, killed it with my bare hands. Wow. <laughs> Cut off the, the rhino horn and took it home. And then we ground, we ended up grounding that up and mixing so it in, cool. a, in a stew. Really remarkable. The so cool. side tangents that we can go on in a <laughs> very serious, you know, conversation. A, si- a side tangent that's actually real <laughs> is on the topic of supplements. And you guys know, I've touched on this a lot over the last few months. Uh, yes. So, so there was a lot of supplements, a shitload of supplements as we were, because in the early, because in the stages Wait, it, were you taking those boner pills from Larry Utech? Rush seventy two. <laughs> Rush seventy two. Se- Rush, Rush hour seventy two. Rush hour seventy two. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and because uh, I just wanted to be like, because I needed, because we needed to do it several times a day. <laughs> no, so we we early on when 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 it's not working and you get in touch with the fertility clinic, the first bit, the first conversations you have the, with the fertility clinic are. Oh, okay. Like let's let's go and similar to the conversations that we've had with physicians, where they go, well, let's let's go with like the let's uh, let's uh, let's like probe at the easy maybe the, some, one of the easiest solutions first and see like what the results are and see what how we go from there and we'll progress yeah. to like deeper or you know more invasive I guess treatments as we go along. And at first, it's like you know, Kyla, take a take take progesterone. Um, uh, and uh, you know, to make sure you're taking these supplements, and so like the supplement game was like up here, and mm-hmm. I, and I was taking a lot of supplements that Kyla had re- done research or or had taken the advice from the fertility clinic, and to, we can talk more about supplements. But on my side, I stopped <laughs> farting. Oh yeah. Well, you say this as look. So <laughs> I I don't have this. I don't have a, an ability to smell. I've never had a sense of smell, really. And yet you can smell Taylor's farts, though. No, yes, he, no, no, he I can't. can. No, he can't. No, he can't, dude. Yeah, the amount can. of times that I've been sitting at his place, just him and me, and I just don't say anything. But I, I just need to know. Once I know it's there, I can. I but can. You smell have it. to hear it. You have Once to he hear knows. it. He has to. He has, yeah, to, yeah, he has yeah. to hear it. So yeah. I had. Yeah. I had the most. I had the most rank. They were bad farts. The, the most horrible, horrible, horrible. Right, Kyla. They're bad. Right. They were bad. Really, really bad. I would wake up gagging in my sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. And it doesn't. And Dude, it, a fart that wakes someone up. <laughs> I mean, I'm a really bad. Sleeper. But then yeah. I started taking these supplements, 
And then poof. I need I need no to come intended. over. I need to come what over. What were you taking? What's the like what I, were you? I need to come over first thing in the thing? morning and just do a sniff test of your room because if I open the door to your condo in the no, morning no, no, and no, I can no. still part the air <laughs> no, as no, I no. walk through it. Well, no, you, that's no. still going to be there because it's not the farts that do that. It's the oily, hairy skin <laughs> that does that. No, I don't have and that. And that's thick. That's no. so thick. No, that can't no. be fixed. No, guys, I don't have There's that. no supplement on earth I don't that ha- can I don't have change that. the the, so, yeah. the like sleep sweat. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that came from sleep farts. But this thing. What was yeah, I, what was I taking? Do you remember? Nothing crazy, like you know, men's multivitamin, omega, coq10 is a popular one for like recommended for sperm. And it sounds like a video game. Vitamin <laughs> E, vitamin C. Um, I mean, fuck. At one point, I feel like I was taking twelve pills a day. Yeah, I can't even remember now because I have. So wait, are you gonna still take those while. fucking things? No, no I stopped taking them once we finished IVF and like I mean you finished I think the bottles. Well, give it. Once I the baby's born, those farts are coming them. back. No, but he hasn't. He's been yeah, okay. Whatever. Uh, I, I want to come back to. Oh, do you have a? We got another question, but if you want to, if you we can stay on whatever. Well, you're, I wanted to. I wanted to go back to the chronological order because, like, just for uh, a second at least, in terms of like, so you guys started trying. And then, obviously, you were you were trying for at least a prolonged enough period that you started to, you know, sort of wonder about things like IVF. Um, how long had you been having sex for without, you know, any <laughs> protection or like a, at least trying to contraception? Um, Condoms, until, Brian. You can say it. Condoms. Until, and Definitely weren't using condoms. <laughs> uh, Never mind. Un- Birth until, control. Until IVF started to come into the conversation. How long? Um, because I knew that we were doing everything properly, like we were having sex, I know on all the days we should have, and I was taking all the supplements. You know, I, I knew that we were doing everything right. And there's a science to that, um, to when you have sex. Oh, yeah, you guys there is, get yeah. tired of having and sex so much? Well, uh, luckily, sometimes. Yeah, but luckily we kind of would laugh through it. But anyway. Like yeah. at, on the tail end of like some months, because one thing that was, you know, you didn't have a, you didn't have a, you didn't have the most regular and repeatable ovulation schedule. Yeah. And so that, is challenging. Yeah, we had to have extra sex. So that means we never really knew, right? Because even like, though we were using all the strips to track it, you know, so some months we'd have sex like ten days in a row, ten, twelve <laughs> days in a row, and I mean, midway to like two thirds of the way through that, it it was getting, especially because. Especially because just like the mentality, like psychologically, going it's a job. This is for like a purpose, a, yeah. for rather than like rather than. Pleasure. You know, we're just like super horny for for each other. You know, like it's it. So it's it's a, it's psychologically different. And on the tail end of that, I mean, it was like we would be f- like fucking going, good job. You know, great, <laughs> Did, great, like great, in great that in out. that <laughs> process of of it being like like almost um, like routine and and scheduled and and like like a like with a purpose behind it. Did that take away? 
Because, like, I know you guys have that really intense, like, Mrs. Claus, Mr. Santa, like, Santa Claus role play thing. Mm -hmm. Did you guys have to cut that out completely? No, or we would, no, no, no. What we would do you is just keep that going. Like, because you, I mean, you can still put the costumes on. Yeah. And we uh, would do that. No. So, this is like, so the, te so the 10 day schedule, that was like work time. Uh, and then there was a gap to the next month. Right. And then, so we'd have a break. And then, and then about midway through the break between right. one month and the next month, then we would put the. And then the Easter Bunny thing, like, because like, it, it's fun. It's really, it, you guys are the first couple I've met who've. <laughs> Who the like, holiday thing? The, it's the dude, holiday dude, thing. But you don't it's you like don't know every, this part. Every holiday, you, know, you, you guys just really embrace like whatever character <laughs> goes Jared, with that holiday. You won't believe when when I got Rupert Taylor showed up at my door with a, a little wrapped gift box, <laughs> yeah. and he said it said it was a card and it said change his name from Rupert to Rudolph, and it was just a little <laughs> red nose, and he just wanted. Ew. Yeah, he it, it was for yeah. his yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, we had so many good times with that. Nose. That's weird. Yeah, that explains really weird. a lot that, yeah. about the gift that he brought me when I got donut. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I used to wear. This? I used to wear that donut. It was. Uh, it was. He brought. It was a Vimy Ridge um, poem. Actually, I don't know who Vimy Ridge is, and I don't know what Vimy Ridge Day is. <laughs> You should know, Vimy and you should Ridge. also do some research about it. Definitely tomorrow, though, it'd be a convenient time. Who is Vimy more. Ridge? Nobody. No, I think Vimy Ridge is maybe a battle. I think Vimy. Oh, Ridge yes. <laughs> yeah, he yes, brought a, That's right. He brought he brought a World War One helmet and was. Like, <laughs> that's one of our favorite ones. Is, yeah. is World, War, World War One? <laughs> World War One cosplay. Um, we got another question from uh, Chastity, who is also pregnant as fuck. Um, Congrats, Chastity. Uh, I don't self, know, did, is that self-described pregnant as fuck? Uh, yeah, dude. Did, did did you guys see? So Chastity, uh, one of our patrons here, um, uh, submitted a picture of her um, Halloween costume. Just did you so, see it uh, on Discord? I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it yeah. was so amazing. She went on as she went as a full moon, and then her belly was the moon, and it was really cute. Um, um, she also got pregnant. Uh, she has a holiday thing too, and um, she was doing oh. the leprechaun role play. It was uh, the, yeah, it was right. The same batch. And, yeah, we were like, keep it <laughs> off Discord. Yeah, this isn't the fucking place, Chastity. <laughs> um, Ch Chastity has asked, how has I, how has gone, how has having gone through IVF impacted your feelings during your pregnancy? Have you experienced more anxiety about your pregnancy than you think you might have otherwise? If so, have uh, how have you navigated this? Yeah, um, yeah, I get even emotional thinking of that because it does change it a lot. And obviously, I don't have another experience, but knowing how long—and again, when I say how long, you know, many people struggle and suffer for much longer than we did. I know we're very fortunate that it worked. Um, but within that year and a half leading up to actually doing IVF, it, yeah, really takes a toll on you mentally. And then, yeah, just almost that anxiety when you are set and knowing yeah. that you're going to do it. You know, I had never had any concerns in my life before and I had never spoken to a therapist. I really never had any issues or anything I really ever wanted to talk about. Um, and I remember I was like, I should be proactive because I'm feeling very anxious and fearful of what I will be like if it doesn't work. Like right. I'm okay now, but if it doesn't work, I don't think I will be. So, you know, we kind of 
had um, like an appointment together just to talk about that. And I don't know how helpful it, it was because, you know, then they're like giving you scenarios of like, oh, have you thought of adoption? Have you done this? Like almost giving you scenarios of what you could do if it didn't work. And I, like I wasn't ready to go there. Um, anyway, it's still good to talk about. But yeah, then going through it it was much worse than I anticipated it to be as far as the anxiety and all the waiting and the pressure, like every day you're getting updates and every day I, I wouldn't even know if I was going to get to continue because you have to get your levels to a certain place and everything has to look a certain way. Mm. Um, so just, yeah, a lot of anxiety in that sense and, you know, right when we did our embryo transfer, like going in that morning, because we didn't know until that morning of the transfer how many embryos we had. We, the way it worked out for us, we actually were expecting not to have any. So before you before you before you get into that, like yeah. there, like IVF when you get when we when you get to and what I think a lot of people don't know, which is something that I was really surprised to learn about, and like you know I shared a lot with you guys, like this, the, like once you get to that, once you once you are going, we're going to do IVF the it it becomes like a very very chronological process so why don't we get into like the nitty gritty of like from there you know what i mean that 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 where they go okay here you're going to start and like the medications and the injections and all that shit like let's maybe go to there and then work our way through to Mm. Yeah. whole process. Do you want me to finish answering that question first or will that kind of come? Yeah, please. I'm so sorry that he did that. <laughs> it, it's it's something that we've talked about. <laughs> well, I'm sure we a number will of times answer on the that show. question though when we go through it, but I just I want And usually sure we, we talk do. about it off air, but I think we it's, maybe we um, should address it now, Taylor. Can you just let her finish <laughs> her fucking answer before you ta- derail it, please? Before you, um, before you mansplain. Anyway, man. so obviously <laughs> lots of anxiety hell. going through it and just thinking that, you know, you might not even end up with any embryos in the end, which is terrifying. And then, you know, when we do, and we do the transfer, that anxiety and fear that comes with, like, waiting to know if it worked or not, knowing that, like, we don't have a fridge full of embryos to use in the future. You know, we don't have a lot of chances. So that alone was, like, very anxiety-inducing, just waiting to get the results and then once we did get the results, I, I you know, I, I think there was a bit of shock. Like, I don't remember us being overly excited. It was because we almost felt like so fragile when it was that early on. It's like you don't mm. know if it's real. So definitely I kept quiet about it. I mean, my family knew everything and my close friends knew everything. But um <laughs> I just kept really quiet about it probably more so than I would if it wasn't an IVF pregnancy. Cause it was almost like I didn't believe it. And like, I kept waiting like, Oh, I need to have, I need to hear the heartbeat to know it's real. I need to have an ultrasound to know it's real. Oh, I need to have like my tests to know it's real. Like I just kept thinking that something would go wrong. Um, do you think you were doing that out of, cause I, I, I do that sort of, um, when it comes to like work, things to 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 prevent myself from like being let down 
right? So, like, like, do you think that was like a, a like a, a mode of protection to be like, okay, well, I'm gonna keep the maybe subconsciously I'm gonna keep my mindset in this way so that when it when inevitably it doesn't work, I'm not gonna be that fucking butthurt about it. Uh, no, I would definitely be devastated <laughs> if it went wrong. Sure. And I kept thinking, like, if it doesn't, I felt like I wouldn't be okay. But I, I just felt, yeah, I don't know. It was hard for it to seem real, I guess. And mm. then... There's so many ups and downs yeah. along the way that it, it like, it's hard to ever feel like you're on solid ground. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. now, Even when you get good news. Like, obviously, we feel on solid ground, but it, you know, I don't feel anxiety at all anymore. Ooh. I... And I thought what I felt was um, guilt. And I also talked to a therapist about this. Um, I, you know, I'm very happy. I feel very lucky, very grateful. We know many people that this process hasn't worked for. Yeah. And it it really weighs on me because, yes, I want to celebrate how lucky I am, but I really feel sad for all the people who it doesn't work for or who never get the chance. Like maybe they're longing to be a parent and they just are never in the right circumstance. It just doesn't happen for them. Or, you know, they do try IVF and try everything they can. It just never works. Or maybe they want to do IVF. They can't afford it. That's a whole other issue. Um, So uh, yeah, I thought it was guilt that I felt, but the therapist kind of reframed that. It's like, no, it's sadness. Like you Mm. just genuinely want everyone to, succeed and be happy, which of mm-hmm. course is like who I am. I, I want that for everyone. But, you know, even when I did a post last week about IVF, like I, there was no part of me that felt I could just come out and be like, Hey, I'm pregnant. Like, this is so amazing. Like, you know, look at us. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I couldn't, I know that would be a trigger for people who yeah. haven't been able to. And I just felt that like even now, if I tell a stranger on the street I'm pregnant, I tell everyone like that I went through IVF. Like it's it's just so important to know that there are struggles because you do mm-hmm. often just see the ultrasound photo and the announcement yeah. and it's all positivity and you're not always seeing that struggle that Well, that's I mean, that's it. like the mis- miscarriage conversation we've mm-hmm. had a number of times on the show. It's like people just don't talk about it because Mm-hmm. they're told not to they're yeah. just told like you know we it, we we don't want to face the the hard parts that come with something yeah. so yeah, there's a lot of like stigma and like people feel shame if like they don't have like the instagram pregnancy yeah. and it's that idea of the instagram pre- pregnancy is perpetuated by people posting their instagram pregnancies and yeah. just being like, which it's hard because you feel happy for those people of course, who are, and, and the, like know, they have a right to celebrate. Like you know, I feel that totally. way for sure. I should if I want to. Um, and for people who have not been affected by any challenge in that field, or maybe not known anyone who had miscarriages or IVF, mm. different things, then it's not on their radar. So they're mm. not thinking about that, and no, they deserve to celebrate and, totally. and do yeah, what yeah. they want to do. It's just, yeah, made me be very sensitive towards other people's situations and kind of how I talk about my situation. But I will say that it's also made me feel, yeah, much more grateful and 
and probably more like connected or loving towards this child because you do look at it like, wow, okay, yeah, this is a miracle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I, I do want to uh, come back to like the like Taylor, you were getting into the chronological order of like starting IVF because even though like um, you guys have shared uh, quite a bit of it with us, like I still feel like it it's such like a um, it's a crazy fucking process. It's like so <laughs> complex, and there and like you said or have alluded to so far, there's so many milestones and checkpoints along the way. I, and like my sort of feelings around thinking about what you guys have been through is like, there was, is just basically that there's been so many ups and downs where like at one point things are looking amazing. And then like the next day things look fucking terrible. And like, it's, it seems like such an emotional mind fuck, um, that I want to get into like the, the details of that and kind of start at the beginning Mm. Um, so like when you first go to the IVF clinic, well, we can rewind well before that. Cause it, it takes a long time yeah. to first get to go. All there. right. Let's, let's go back. Um, yeah. So I had mentioned this before, like how we were doing everything right, you know, and I knew for sure they say, yes, if you're under 35, like try for a year. Great. We both fell in that category. So it's fine to think that. Um, but I also knew that, you know, something like 80 some percent of couples were pregnant within six months and like 60 some percent were pregnant within three months. And so you do know of these like stats and I'm, you know, very much so like stat oriented and checking facts and just wanting to know everything. So I kind of knew after a couple months even that we had done everything right. And also knowing that my um, cycles were a little short. So like the second half, I'm trying to even remember now, it seems forever ago. Is that what it was? Baby brain, um, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, it was the second, the second half of my cycle um, was short. So basically the first half is like leading up to ovulation. And then the second half is after ovulation till your period and mm-hmm. ovulation should happen in the middle, which mine would often happen around the middle, not ever at the same time, but the time after ovulating till my period was shorter than recommended. Mm-hmm. And so the, I thought that was the issue. Like, Oh, I have a short luteal phase. You look up reasons for that and overexercise is the thing. And there was a couple other things which, like, definitely didn't apply to me, like underweight or, you know, just not healthy eating, different things. I'm like, okay, those definitely don't apply to me. So, like, am I exercising too much? So, like, me and you guys knowing me, like, my life, I would say to Taylor, I'm like, how did I do that? Literally in a day, I would do yoga, spin class, Orange Theory, like, go for a hike. I would walk to and from the studio (laughs) twice. Like, that, that was my life. That's what filled me up. And I have not done that for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and really that, that was one of the biggest struggles for me. Like that, that was my life that, that mm-hmm. just immediately was removed from my life as a major sacrifice in trying to do this. Um, did you, did you like real, like when in learning that, that, Oh, it could be this, it could be over exercising. Was it immediately like, okay, I'm going to cut these things out or try to reduce this as much as possible. Yeah, I just cut it out. Like, literally, it was really sad for that, like, summer. Like, mm-hmm. not the summer of the past, summer before. Like, I would 
try to like feel okay about my period starting because then I'd be like, oh, I'm allowed to go for a 10K run. And I would do <laughs> that for like two days, the day my period started and the day after. And then I'd be like, okay, nope. Like now I'm not going to do anything again for the rest of the month. And like no one knew this and no one thought anything of it because it was also COVID. So like a lot of the gyms were closed. So people who would normally see me every day and see me being active, like really were unaware of that aspect yeah, of my life. Right. Um, and, you know, I was still doing yoga and walking because those are things that are more gentle. But anyway, so that was kind of like, you know, I did that on my own. I talked to a couple of friends who were doctors. They were like, yeah, like it could be that, you know, like it's hard, but there doesn't seem to be another reason why your cycle might be short in that sense. So um, and then I would take certain supplements that were like meant to lengthen that out or whatever. And so we kind of thought like maybe that's why, you know, so and regardless if if that's not the reason there still is something wrong because it's not quite long enough um so I you know talked to my doctor fairly early on and but but again every doctor and my doctor is amazing for the record but every doctor and they have a right to say this is is going to say like if you're under 35 like you have to try for a year um before you get referred Mm. because like that's just the stats it should happen within a year And so me knowing that like something seemed off, um, I actually found out there's only one fertility clinic here for all of Atlanta, Canada, which is crazy. But um, really, yeah. And so imagine like the gratitude that I have that I could walk every morning to my appointments when someone had just driven five hours from Cape Breton or flown from Newfoundland. Whoa. It's crazy. Yeah. And for people who don't know, for people who don't know Atlanta, Canada, I mean, that is crazy. Atlanta Canada has a, so all one, two, three, four pop or four provinces in Atlanta Canada. There's, it's a population of, uh, total population of, of 342 people. And so, <laughs> like, that is fucking crazy that there's only one clinic for, it's definitely over. So, so 342. So that's, that's, <laughs> what is the, po- what like, would be the population? Like, no, like Nova Scotia is about to hit a million. Yeah. So, so, we're, so we're probably three. We yeah, think there's three million, million in the, in the, in Atlanta, Canada, yeah, something, maybe two and a half million. Um, and anyway, it's something like 16% of, yeah, 16% of Canadians deal of, with is infertility. 16% of, of, of couples or, I don't know if it's sixty percent of couples, or because it's like one it in six really couples, it's but it's couple. also could be one in six though. people because it's like not everyone is a couple. Like you're going to a fertility clinic on your own sometimes. Mm. Anyway, um, there is a clinic in Moncton now, um, and I think there was before and it shut down, and then I think now it's reopened. So at least that is helpful. And I literally, this was when no one was oh. traveling. I was like researching. I'm like, oh, there's this clinic in the Bahamas that you can get in sooner. Like you know, researching, even contacting the one in Moncton and which, you know, not knowing they weren't open, just trying different things. I talked to a couple of places in Ontario. I was considering traveling there for Mm -hmm. treatment. Um, if it was quicker anyway. So yeah, through, I already knew about the fertility clinic here. Um, and I've known people who have gone there. I knew that it was always just a pretty standard year wait. So I'm like, okay, if they say that I have to try for a year and then it's a year to get in, like Taylor had mentioned this, well, I'm just going to do a self-referral, which a lot of people, that's huge to know. I don't know if that applies to every fertility clinic, probably does, that you can self-refer. So I'm like, great, I'm not going to wait a year for my doctor to refer me. And again, my doctor's amazing, but um, I'm just going to be proactive and refer myself. And How do you do that? 
it just yeah. on their website, it's just like, you know, there's a referral tab and it's either like doctors click here to refer your patients or it says self-referral. Whoa, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of, I mean, that's great. Cons- especially considering that there's a massive swath of the population here in Atlantic Canada that don't have a doctor, don't yeah. have really? family doctors. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you, that's nice to know that that exists. Yeah. And that's obviously my main advice to anyone is be proactive. Like, man, I feel like I made a lot of this happen for myself because I was so mm. obsessive with just like knowing everything, being on top of everything and trying to do everything I could. Um, but even when you do the self-referral, they told me it'd be a 12-month wait, even just for my initial appointment. And now I've heard that people are being told 12 to 18 months for their initial appointment, which is mm. just, that's also just, it's so daunting to think that you have to, you're, you're already wanting this now and struggling now, and then you find mm. out you have to wait that long. Um, but I just, you know, again, was very proactive. I would just stalk them every month, like had a reminder in my phone, like on a certain date each month, I just follow up, remind them, Hey, I live within walking distance to the clinic. I can come anytime if there's a cancellation, you know, is it still this long for a wait? Has anything changed? Um, yeah, and I did that every month, which I know they're really busy, so I feel bad about it. But I just was trying to do everything I could. Yeah, it's your life. Um, and so, you know, from when I referred myself to when we started IVF, yes, that was a year. Um, and so maybe if I had a condition that was known from the beginning, then I would have had to wait that full year knowing that they'd be putting me right into IVF. But because there wasn't anything wrong with me or any reason they could find that was kind of interfering, I ended up seeing another specialist sooner. And so I don't know if that's the path that everyone takes. Again, some people might not go through this whole process that I did. They might go right to IVF. But um, yeah, they have gynecologists that work through the clinic like separate from the IVF doctors and they almost handle like the the lead up, like the work up towards IVF and just kind of figuring out like, you know, if there's a diagnosis or um, are there any other things that could be done? Mm-hmm. And so with that, that only was a five month wait, which ended up being amazing. Um, mind you, that led into me taking fertility drugs for like six or seven months. Um, what does that mean? Fertility drugs. Yeah. So just like, so when just getting you fucking ripe and ready. <laughs> so when I had, yeah, Where this first appointment with, with the doctor, um, again, because there was nothing wrong on my end that they could find. And I'm saying on my end, because Taylor doesn't even get looked at in, in this scenario, which I do have an issue with that. Whoa, really? Yeah, I, I took... And he's the one with the weird sperm. I also, asterisk on that, I... Uh, in in the summer of 2020, I called my doctor. We have the same doctor. And I was like... She, she We had had the conversation... Like we, she had had a conversation about, you know, possibly needing to see the fertility clinic at this point. And I was like... Hey, I want to have my sperm checked. And she was like, eh, there's no reason for that. And because again, our, do- I was our doctor is great. Saying, I know that I can't get into this clinic, but I found out, oh, this is something he can do. So at least it's one step that we don't have to wait right. for. And, 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 and our doctor, awesome. But she was like, you don't, you don't need to do that. I thought Why? your doctor was a he. 
Uh, he mo- he moved away and was replaced by a she. Oh, so you don't have the doctor anymore that was like, hey, check this out and smashing glasses off. No, the- no he moved. Um, he, moved fired. he moved away yeah, for that shit. So our, new, our new doctor is amazing. She is so gr- she okay. is fucking awesome. Why, so why would she say though that you don't need to do that? Because it's just in the in like the framework that doctors have for like who needs what and why. It's like it's it's. It's gender it's like bias, a, dude. It's on a chart. Honestly, it's gender bias. I know. Men have like, been discriminated against since the beginning no, of time. No, 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 no. What I mean by I, I actually am not joking. What I mean by that is right. I'm going, yeah. can't be your sperm. You're right. Like that's not the fucking issue. Look right. at you. Look at you. You're you uh, you specimen. <laughs> you're a specimen. specimen. I bet when you wake specimen. up in the morning, the, the whole room has a fog of <laughs> of just musk. Musk. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's it disgusting, does. but we don't need to check your sperm. <laughs> yeah. And basically there, there is like there is this huge gender bias in that it is like it is. It has to be. It has to be the woman's issue. Yeah. And and I Which said it only is. Um, I think the stat is like, isn't it like thirty percent of the time it's female, thirty percent male, like thirty percent mixed or unknown. Yeah. So and, and I crazy. said and I said thirty percent the dog. And I said <laughs> I said I gotta I want to do this. And she said, uh, well, it's not like because it's not because you haven't been trying long enough. Then it's not looked at as needed, so you're going to have to pay for it. And I went, okay. But this was after, like, a back and forth where she was like, you really don't need it. And I was like, I'm, I want, I'm getting it. And it wasn't anything crazy, she, but it was, like, 250 yeah, what, 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 Whatever how much it was. She was just like, you know, you, you don't need it. Yes, I want it. No, well, you don't need it, but I want, like, can you get it for me, please? And no, you don't need it. Well, I, I want it. Okay, you're going to have to pay for it. Sure. And then, uh, okay, I can probably do it so you don't have to pay for it. And I was like, okay. Wow. But is, it was is that like, when you doctor's did it? cool, huh? <laughs> she is. Is that when you did it? You know what's funny is that this is my first conversation with our new doctor because that's it got switched from oh, my yeah, guy. Yeah, and yeah. then my first conversation You're was like, like, I don't like her. Was like, do it. <laughs> yeah. And she was probably like, what a fucking asshole this yeah. guy is. But then uh, so I got it. Let's talk about that. Do they give you porn? Uh no, but you have internet access. Okay, because when I did it. Cause I did, I had to do it. It was like the old magazines in the room or something. Yeah, when I I had to do I had to do it um, to check to see if I was infertile because of CF when I was twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say you would have been young at that time. I was a young buck, yeah. and and uh, Pornhub didn't exist, and they didn't even need to ana- do an analysis. They just looked at it and they went, Mm-mm. <laughs> "Oh yeah, yeah." I, I brought the cup to the receptionist. They went, and she is- went. The uh, anyway, you're it's supposed all to, good. You're supposed to come in this, not 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 fill it up at the water fountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So uh, now they give you a VR headset. Uh, <laughs> no, come on. Uh, but uh, but I'm trying to remember what ha- what it was. Uh, they they had movies. They had movies when I went. Yeah, I went in Toronto. They had movies at this in the in here. There was a there was a screen. Th- this is the second sperm thing I did. The second sperm test I did. The first one. Ba- the first one I did said Your sperm's perfect. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah, no, but I bet you love that went straight to your fucking head, didn't it? This is the issue. The first test, it's like a basic test, so it just looks at. Do you have sperm? (laughs) Well, I think it did. Yeah, you shot cum. It looked at you know, it looks at the (laughs) the quantity and the quality and like 
the motility, like the swimability, those kind of things. But it's swimability. I it's love just it. like I don't is even know. Mot- I don't, I don't know is if swimability is, is a word. Motility, motility is the proper wow. word. I might have made up the word That's swimability. I, I definitely like made up swimability. <laughs> really, I feel like swimability. But it works. Sounds I figured. People I feel like would know more what I meant. Think, is there I think a magic school bus? Ability, but anyway, whatever. Is there a magic school bus episode about this? Probably. Yeah, I feel like there should be. I believe that exists. But, on but, um, but they don't. They don't find out. <laughs> yeah, it's they don't very find out basic. that I miss frizzle porn. Yeah, they don't. They yeah. don't find out that I had any issue until I. I do this first one. This is in the summer of 2020. Uh, and they're like, and, yeah, it's and, great. And they say, yeah, it's great. And so then, then it's I, not until we have more problems I guess, that I end up doing another meantime, one. In the meantime, I got put on all these months of drugs. When like, if they had have just done the thorough test in the beginning, we would have known that we could have just done IVF and I wouldn't have had to take so it. I don't, I don't think so. so whose fault is it? I don't think so because I think there's still a bias. I think there's still a bias yeah. and where they would go, even though there's this issue with his sperm. I think they would still, I think there's still a bias to continue to dig into what could be going on with you. So uh, you had asked though. So anyway, with those drugs, so yes, we, we meet with this first doctor She's like, okay, I don't really see anything wrong. So, like, our goal is that it will happen naturally for you. Um, I mean, naturally as in, like, not doing, like, a procedure, but still taking drugs. But um, not IVF drugs. Those are, like, separate. Just these initial drugs. It's just, like, um, you know, you take pills each month that, like, typically a woman is supposed to ovulate one egg a month. And this medication kind of... I think tells your body to maybe release two. So it kind of like doubles your chances that, you know, the sperm might catch one of those eggs. So yes, it also increases the chances of twins, but it's like as small as like 5% increase or something. Um, so yeah, the, the plan is like, you know, you do those drugs for six months, I think. And then also they introduce progesterone for a couple months which um, I also had like thyroid issues within that time, and anyway, and you've, had th- you've had thyroid. I've issues had thyroid your whole my life. whole life. It just I think then like introducing these other drugs like mm. affected and the progesterone because it's all hormonal. Yeah. And the progesterone is meant to possibly thicken your uterine lining. Is that correct? Well, makes your boobies bigger, even doesn't remember it? Remember now, but <laughs> it yeah, I can't remember what. <laughs> what it was meant for, but pretty but, sure because you came in one day and you're like, guys, Kyla's tatas <laughs> are covering them up. Right now. <laughs> I mean, they certainly are now. <laughs> um, but anyway, and I said, don't so call them tatas. You're a third. You're a fucking almost. You're a thir- almost a thirty year old man. <laughs> so that don't tell me what to do. That went on, you know, and Daddy. within that time, also they're doing a bunch of tests on me. You know, I had a very painful test where they like. Clear your fallopian tubes if there's any blockages. Whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. How do they, how do, do, they that? do that? Um, they blow India, and which actually could kill you. Really, they blew India. They they open you up down there, and they, I mean, I couldn't see it. They say they the put, doctor comes in and goes. <laughs> they put a balloon up in you. No, they don't. Yes, wow. they take one of those spray canisters you use to clean electronics and, they, and just go. They they <laughs> fill um, the balloon with this type of dye. And Whoa. and aye, air, aye. and then so your uterus fills up with. Oh like, my fuck! Um, Whoa! It, it's so it gets so full and so tight. It was like 
What the did most that, painful thing. Probably pretty similar to how you felt after your uh, laparoscopic surgery. Yeah, right. Anyway, it doesn't last long. Um, aye, aye, aye. But yeah, the, you were in a uh, lot of pain I- from that. The idea is that um, they they put the dye in and like fill everything up with air, and they have to see that the dye goes through like you know up through your cervix and then through your fallopian tubes to your ovaries. And so if they don't, then they know that everything's not working properly. There's a blockage. So luckily, yes, like the dye did go through. It was really painful. So I'm almost wondering if like maybe was there a blockage that the dye like pushed through? I don't know because it was really painful. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So let's let's fast forward a little bit to to get to the point where you're actually going through the IVF. So so they they because this I I thought this to be quite interesting when when you were t- talking you you kind of ran us through it at the park one day, but basically they take they take a certain amount of eggs sperm fucking lather those eggs up with all the cummy comes and then and then they're kind of like we'll, we'll let you know in like a few days well before you do that you they you, you got to do a bunch of you got to like i had to shoot kyla up with drugs every day oh yes. yeah right and, yeah and right so just before that though after i went through all those drugs they then said oh now we'll do the more thorough check of his on sperm. his sperm yeah and, and then, then they and they were like, they oh, found, it's, it's he's the problem they here. They do the initial check, yeah. which they did. Okay, looks great. Then they're like, now we're going to wash the sperm and go more in depth yeah. and see. And then that's when they were like, oh, you know, it, your sperm might not be the right shape to be able to connect with her egg. Mind you, like you have so many millions of sperm that like they're not all like that. So yeah. it's still you guys know happen, who, but you guys know who ends up doing that job when they grow up is the it's the fucking kids who own sea monkeys when they're fucking <laughs> like yeah. nine yeah. years old. Bunch, yeah. of, really bunch of losers. Cool they own a bunch of sea monkeys and then they're like, and then now they're looking at sperm they're and washing sperm. They're like, cool. their, their job is to wash sperm. <laughs> Dude, cool, you do man. you do wash sperm. Yeah. 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 Um <laughs> anyway, so yeah, with the IVF, so once they yeah, his sperm wasn't the best shape. So that meant we did not qualify to do IUI, which is where they would like time my cycle, give me drugs, prep me, and then inject his sperm on a certain day at a certain time to like make sure they met. We didn't qualify for that. Most people would typically do IUI before they did IVF, Uh. but, um, and IUI is a lot cheaper. So people will actually do maybe like five rounds of IUI before they even jump to IVF. Which is like 10 bucks. (laughs) <laughs> probably still <laughs> it's probably like five thousand or something i don't know but whoa um 
but IVF does have a higher success rate. Like right. it's probably almost double. So at least like she reassured us like, hey, you can't do IUI. You don't qualify. You have to jump right to IVF. But at least IVF has a much higher success rate. And right. because you're both healthy, everything seems okay. Your success rate will be higher. You know, it's still only like 60% mm-hmm. for us. But um, Kai, in, t- in terms of your, in terms of like your, your mental health and like, like how this started, like when this started to really like negatively affect you, like when you were going, like when you're going, I guess thinking about, um, or talking about IUI first and then not qualifying for that, but then them reassuring you that like, Oh, well, IVS is like twice, twice as more to dub, double more successful, double more uh, successful, <laughs> <laughs> twice as likely to succeed. Did, is that like sort of the start of like of like build up good news, bad news, good news, yeah. bad news, or or and this this is a this is kind of a question that Mac has asked, which was how's your experience been so so far throughout this, both together as well as individually, mentally and physically, etc. Did like did that start then at the start of IVF, or did that start well before any of this? Like well, like, I mean, well, like when you started to try to get pregnant. I know I definitely struggled throughout it all and had a lot of like really bad days, but I would always, you know, think to myself and say to Taylor, like I, both of us are super mentally, mentally like level and healthy. And, um, luckily I've never like dealt with any issues as far as anxiety or depression. So we were able to cope with it quite well, but I always thought of like, wow, it, if I'm really healthy and I still have days where I really struggle, like I cannot, and I still, I cannot imagine how someone who already deals with those things in the first place, yeah. how they cope with this. Um, Cause it's still really hard. And, and like I mentioned on the show the other night, like, you know, there was, there was times that the, the, the uh, John Olive, who we were talking to was talking about how, uh, you know, really quite often a, a, a guy's, um, a guy's, uh, perception of how they need to communicate with their partner is that there's a problem and that it needs to be solved. And I remember saying to you at one point, mm-hmm. because I was, cause you were, you were having, you know, we were talking and you were, you know, venting about things and, but I wasn't looking at it as venting. I was looking at it as, you want me to provide a solution for you. And so I'm going to try and figure out what to say and, and find a solution. And then at some point I remember saying to you, like, let me know, do you want a solution or do you just want to speak and to, for me to listen and for me to just be there for you rather than, trying to find a solution to that. And like, and, and I remember then from that point on, I would, I would ask you that question when we would get into stuff that when we were, when, 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 when things were tough and I would say like, what, what do you want from me in this? Do you want me to just be here for you? Do you want to me to try and find a solution for you? Yeah. And you know, even with me saying, Oh, you know, I was really mentally healthy and felt level and, you know, was able to cope with it. Um, I remember having a thought maybe the year before starting any of this struggle, like I literally had a thought like, wow, I I don't remember the last time I cried, like out of being sad. Like I remember having that thought, like that is incredible. Like I'm just, you know, I'm 
I'm so lucky. Everything's so great in my life. Feel good. Everything's going well. And then I remember having the opposite thought going through this struggle, like before IVF, just like within trying and like not knowing and the waiting. And I, as much as I was like pretty good, I couldn't remember a day where I didn't cry. And it was always very brief. And I would like say this to Taylor or or close friends. Like I would always have moments where I would cry and I was just able to just kind of move past it quite quickly and then carry on. And then I would be okay for the rest of my day. Um, but I always had those moments, um, which was, you know, very unlike me. And it wasn't until we were like really going through IVF, you know, so Jer asked about that process and just kind of answering that question a bit as well. But yeah, you know, once you're actually in it, you're doing injections, every day taking all these drugs and it's just so weird to be like like Taylor's injecting my stomach with multiple needles a day and I'm mixing shit up yeah your emotions are all over the place and then also you're going in every day for checks and it's like oh well you're not at the level we need you to yet so like I will give you more meds and then see if you get there but you know, that, that was a wake up call to both of us that like, once you're in, it's not a guarantee. Like even on the first day, you know, I'm so excited, like, great, we're finally starting. They found a cyst on one of my ovaries, which is like really common. But even the month before when they did my like scan, just making sure I was like healthy the month before I didn't have any. And so if your cyst is a big enough size, you actually can't start IVF till that cyst is gone. Mm. So I go in on my first day, I find out I have a cyst that I hadn't ever had in any of my scans before. And then I am like not okay thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm I'm not going to get to move forward because I have this. So when they called, luckily they said, oh, it's small enough. So it's not a big deal. It's going to go away. You can keep going. But, you know, then like a couple of days in, it's like, okay, you haven't responded enough to the medication. So we're going to increase it. But like we do need to see you hit this level in order to keep going. And then even when I keep going, we find out for some reason only one of my ovaries has responded to the medication. So that automatically leaves us with half the amount of eggs. And just for like from a technical perspective, like what this medication is doing that I'm have to administer to to Kyla every day, it's it's making her follicles in her ovaries like so in the follicles in her ovaries are, are going to produce typically in the absence of like medication and a normal like cycle is going to produce one egg. But these is making all the follicles. And what happens is your fault. And I'm explaining what your fucking ovaries do, but I'm just mansplaining your ovaries. The follicles in the ovaries, this is, this blew my mind. I, I didn't know this. Uh, the medication makes a bunch of follicles grow. Yeah, the aim is that they all make one. And then the follicles basically like sprout up and then they all and then they like then they like sprout an egg. Isn't the human body fucked up? And the and the medication makes when typically only one of those follicles will produce an egg, this medication makes it so that many, as many as possible of these follicles will grow and push out an egg. And you're on a very specific schedule with your checkups and your drugs because they want every follicle to grow at the exact same time. So at the end of that cycle, when they do your egg retrieval, 
the goal is that every egg is mature because only the mature eggs can be used. So the goal is that they're all the same size. Um, so obviously that was a roller coaster finding out like that suddenly we have half the chances because for some unknown reason, yeah, just only one of my ovaries responded to the medication. And this is really the beginning of like the, the yeah. fucking up and so down. So then, you know, they do the egg retrieval and, you know, it's like considering we only had one ovary to work with, it's not bad, but it's still not where they had expected me to be. Um, I was anticipated that I would have more eggs than I did. And so, you know, that really weighs on you. Like, Are you the, okay with sharing num- numbers around this? Because yeah. I feel like it's pretty important, especially yeah, sure. especially for, for, for somebody who might be out there going, I- I'm going to go through this or I'm in it right now and the numbers can be scary. But in uh, in our case anyway, sometimes they were good sometimes they were bad but ultimately the result was good so like mm-hmm. so you can't over look into the number whether even if it's, mm-hmm. even if it's good or especially if it's bad yeah bad in quotations. and it's interesting how like they can you guys also when you're explaining through this talk about how much time between each test because or like each next step mm-hmm. yeah so um i mean the injections were like a couple weeks but then um, and like, those are like regular checkups to kind of see how your follicles and, and eggs are developing. But, um, and it, for the, for the retrieval, like I, there, I was on, um, fentanyl and uh, like, super, whoa. yeah. Well, what do they, they do? But they're, they? but they basically, but the, but as you're going through the medication at mm-hmm. one point, cause you're getting regular checkups mm-hmm. at some point they go, they look at the, they look at the follicles and they go. Yeah. Now we know. Now, okay. In three days. Well, the we're risk do is it. that they can't let them get too big, because then you would actually ovulate that egg naturally. Okay. So they have to monitor it. They can't let the eggs. They have to get all the eggs to a certain size in order for them to be able to use those eggs, but they can't let them get too big, because then otherwise you ovulate on your own and you just would have to start the process. So you're going over. in every day to like check the size and then. They're like, okay, we're going to, soon we're going to retrieve And have your medication adjusted along the way too, depending on how you're responding. Um, If you don't live near the place, like, do you? you Most people travel. Like, I I know someone right now, like, she's just moving to Toronto for a month. Yeah, I think, I think, I think in this stage, you would have to be staying at a hotel. Yeah. 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 If you're from out of town. Man, the costs Um, associated with this. I know. This is so astounding. So, um... Yeah, with the retrieval, again, like it is a pretty invasive process. So, yeah, you're on an IV, you have fentanyl. Um, you know, I, I was aware in the sense that I remember I was talking the whole time, but I didn't feel anything. Like, certainly yeah. the fentanyl worked. Um, Taylor, were you not allowed to be there because of COVID? Yeah, I wasn't not allowed. I was not allowed to be there wow. because, because of, of COVID, COVID yeah. right? Wow. Yeah. If it wasn't for COVID, yeah, he would have been able to be there for the retrieval and the transfer. Like he obviously was like waiting outside. What do they do when they do the retrieval? Do they like they cut um, into you or do they go? Up? No, the, it's actually I guess fascinating. So, yeah. And I could like watch on a screen. They go but, through your nose. Uh, they, <laughs> it's crazy. They go up like obviously you're open, like how a woman would be for her pap test. But um they go up, and I don't even know and understand how it's possible, but they go up 
There's a needle and there's a suction. And so they they have to so fucking crazy. They have to It's a video game. Like yeah. use the needle to like I guess like penetrate each follicle, I guess. And then and so it's like a bunch so the more eggs you have, it's like the bunch of needles you're getting up inside there. And then there's a suction that pulls the egg wow. out. Dude, and who figured this out? And one by one, the no the idea. embryologist is like there, like the lab is like attached to like the operating room. They're putting the little egg. It's like you can't even see it so tiny in a little test tube, and they're one by can't one. Can't even see it, dude. It's like a cell. Like taking them <laughs> wow. to the the lab, and they're in their little thing, and and they're calling out the number as they like take them out. It's so crazy. So even though I'm 23! like twenty three, down the hall, it, it's, it's like, like they said twenty three. It, it's like <laughs> they call it a conscious sedation. So I, I could, you know, hear what they were saying and stuff like that. How good was that um, fentanyl, though, right? Oh, I'm very glad that I had it because... Uh, I mean, fentanyl, for, fentanyl, the problem in the world, bad. But fentanyl, when you're in the hospital and you're on it, so good. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I could not move for, like, three days after that. You were, so. you were really <laughs> fucked up from it. Um, so, yeah, we... I it is hard talking about numbers because people definitely compare. Um, but like, you know, most of my friends or people, a lot of people I know who did it, they had like 20 eggs. So I was like, oh, cool. That's what I'm aiming for. Um, and I I think we had eight. Taylor said nine, it, it which nine. is weird that I can't remember. But it's almost like it seems so long ago. Um, I think there was I think th I think there was one that they were. Like, oh, there was nine. Really, and maybe really only eight were mature. Yeah. Um. But anyway, it is definitely qua um, quality over quantity. And what happened mm. with some of my friends, and this is really common um, with younger people who go through IVF as well, that you actually have too many eggs and it's like you overstimulate. So then in that case, you're actually not able to do an embryo transfer that same month because your system is in overdrive. So they have to mm. like let you calm down mm. and then do it the next month, a frozen transfer. So I guess it was a benefit that we could do the transfer in that same cycle. It's a fresh transfer, it's called. Um, but yeah, they, they do sometimes say if you create like an excess amount of eggs, then often a lot of them aren't good quality. Again, it's like totally just dependent. Like some people could make a bunch that have good quality and some people can make a few that aren't but um that was kind of you know our mindset and what we were told is like quality over quantity and um because of taylor's kind of like sperm thing we were doing this other thing called ICSI where as if sperm is good they just take any sperm and match it with the egg if sperm isn't great they hand pick like the best sperm. Wow. And Individual then, ones. And then match That's crazy. and then match wow. them with eggs. So that gives you like the highest chance of success. You can have Whoa. such a strong kid. And it's only five <laughs> and it's only five bucks extra. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is this though? The person select like the person selecting those sperm is like God, that person is God. That person is yeah. playing God. That person is going. Well, they didn't. I'm going to maybe make do the best job playing human. God with us, but no, <laughs> it, they did because it all worked out. But because of that hand selection, it was expected. Like normally, the fertilization rate, so that's when they put the egg and sperm yeah. together, is eighty percent. Especially when you're doing ICSI, the sperm thing, it's like because 
you know you're getting yeah, yeah, the best. Yeah. So you're expecting 80% um, of nine eggs are, are so, going to be fertile. No, eight. Well, or eight. Because nine eggs. 80% of eight. Nine sure. eggs were retrieved, but eight were mature. And the mature ones are the ones that they think will fertilize. Sure. Um, Do you think you get like at least six, hopefully? And so when we, you get updates each day when we got the call the day after that, um, which, you know, that night I was at the emergency because there was like fluid from where they, they like puncture all the follicles. There's like fluid left over and blood that's like internal. And so like I ended up getting blood, I think up in my diaphragm and it was painful to breathe, things like that. So it was like terrible night. That's probably very rare. Um, Anyway, so we're up all night, just so much pain and like stress. And then the next morning we get the call and it's like, wow, um, this is really rare. You know, we we really don't know what happened, but you only had a 30% fertilization rate. We're like, what? Like, it's supposed to be 80%. They're like, yeah, we we really don't know why, but you have three that fertilized. And, you know, we just have to hope for the best. But keep in mind, so they, they like, grow the embryos for five days in the lab. So once it fertilizes, it's an embryo. And they said, keep in mind, each of the five days there is drop-off, and we do expect a 50% drop-off within Mm. this time. Wow. So, it's not five days. It, sorry, it's not five days. You have your egg retrieval. They immediately mash it with a sperm. Mansplaining. And then a day or two later, it's... Five days that. after that, no. though, it turns into an embryo. So the day of the... No, the day of the retrieval is day zero, in this sense. Even though it's like day whatever, 20 or... I don't know, of your cycle. Day five but, is the last, is the final day. So the... The next day after the retrieval, when they called to say the fertilization rate, that's considered day one. Okay. Day five is the day they put the embryo in you. Okay. So for five days, they check every morning. So for five days, they okay. are growing the embryo. And um, and they said that like after these five days, when it's embryo put in time, there is a 50% chance that, or like 50% of these will likely drop off. So you might only have one that is an embryo after on yeah. day five. Yeah, right. So, right. so right. how many after day five, how many were a viable embryo? So then, yeah, so this was the thing. We got the call saying only three fertilized, be prepared. It's a 50% drop off rate. I don't think we got out of bed for two days. I couldn't speak. It just was like crying all the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And just we had to like just have that conversation to prepare ourselves. Like we might have spent all of this money and like, like fifteen our, twenty bucks. Our total yeah. was seventeen thousand dollars for drugs and the oh, IVF. I was way off. Um, yeah, but don't and be so up. I wanted to say the total just for <laughs> educational purposes if people yeah. are wondering. But um, and also just a little humble brag. <laughs> yeah, really, it's just like the cost of a new Westphalia uh, engine. Yeah. So it's not really, that, <laughs> um, it's not really Brian, that bad. Brian only thinks in van terms. So <laughs> we had that conversation that, like, look, we just have to maybe come to terms with the fact that we went through all of that money and financial, like mental, physical, like just this roller coaster, awful. And we might not get anything from it. And that happens to many people. Um, But we just kind of then had the mindset, like, we just need to pray for one. Mm. 
And like, we didn't know, you know, when we, you get a call the day that you're going in, it's like you, I have my transfer booked for this day, not even knowing if there's going to be one to transfer Mm. at like 8am. And they call you at like 7.30 and they're like, here's how many embryos you have. And how many were there? And so it was like a miracle that we had all three. Mm. So the first day was shitty. So so in in that case then, do they just go, there's all three. Do they just select one and put it in you? No. So anyway, that also is like unheard of. You can research any stat. There's nothing that I ever came across that said 100% of fertilized eggs make it to day five. It's all averages. Yeah. But even that, it was like, I just have to keep reminding people like, because we were always going by the stats and we just realized that all along, it's like we were just Mm. against all odds. Like you just, Mm. you can't get caught up in those numbers. The the one stat you didn't consider is that Taylor is 100% of the investments that Taylor (laughs) make yield positive Um, returns. So, so, when we went in, or when I went in, Taylor couldn't come. Taylor was on speakerphone while you I was come. sitting on the operating table. <laughs> oh, couldn't go with you. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I mean, that, not that it matters if you can come so, or not come at this point anyway, because yeah. at this point, the sperm is yeah. they, like, yeah. they say, like, yeah, we have three, but only two are for sure usable. So we know, like, this one is perfect. This is going in you. This one also close to perfect. This is going in the freezer. Mm. And so then you have this other one and they said it's because some embryos, even though they only watch them for five days, some take six to like actually Uh, fully develop um, because there's always ones that are slower to develop. So they said, you know, this one is either going to die tomorrow or, or be the best of the best of or, the best. Well, it wouldn't be the best because if it was the best, it would have already been developed. Okay, but, gotcha. Um, a late bloomer. Yeah. But uh, so it's a 50-50 chance. It's either going to not make it or make it and you can freeze it. And obviously the goal, yes, is to like freeze as many as you can so you have for that backups. for future use. Yeah, because yeah. knowing that this, the one that's going in, it's even though it's a top-graded perfect embryo, like literally... And it sounds, still sounds weird to say this, but it, it is the best that it could have been. And it still only has a 50% success rate. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wow. So, wow. so um, knowing that, you know, it's good to have more in the freezer for like um, future yeah. attempts. And so if we knew that we could freeze it, then yeah, we would have done that. But because there was a chance it was going to die, we didn't want to risk losing it. Um we, we put it in. So, mm. and people always like, honestly, the first two questions I get asked are like, um, is it, are you having twins? And what's the gender? Like people are so curious to know, but people automatically assume that like twins happen with IVF. Um, before, like I've known people have gone through this years ago, they would automatically put t- two embryos in. Now they only put two embryos in if you're older. Um, I think they said they do two embryos for maybe like 36 and up. Um, and so they kind of base their success rates on like 36 and up, 36 and under kind of thing. But, um, because of our scenario and them not knowing if that embryo would make it, then we had the choice. So again, Taylor's on speakerphone and like he said to give his consent to like put in the second one. And so... 
you know, for sure, then you get excited, maybe thinking about, oh, we'll have twins. This is great. Like, you know, that whole like one and done kind of thing. Um, and and then you think, Wait, what? The one and done. Like, like, yeah, like you had kids, kids, you got two kids. Go. Don't ever fucking have it. Don't have three. Because <laughs> a lot of people, <laughs> oh, you know, knows. a lot of people want to have a sibling. Many. It's common that a lot of people yeah. have two oh, kids. So okay. you kind of and kids that are it's kids <laughs> um, that are like. Only children are always serial killers. And I <laughs> and I will that. say oh, that... Well, we might have a serial killer. I, well, you got a serial killer on the way, I can tell you right um, now. I wanted... I mean, yeah, I was totally no, cool with we were pumped about that. And then yeah. we... Brian and Dennis have always been we, a twin inspiration yeah, for Yeah, and then we started to twin feel... Twin We started to feel weird, like, okay, once we found out that we were pregnant, it, you know, you still have to wait, like, another four weeks until they confirm it at the fertility clinic, so was kind of like, oh, is it one or is it two? We don't know. And so we're like, mm. well, well, how will we feel if it's only one? And we thought that we'd feel almost like a grieving or a loss for that other one. But honestly, it, it's so strange. Like we didn't have any of that because we felt so incredibly lucky that it worked for us. Yeah. Um, that we didn't have that thought at all. But um, and it, it's also, you know, it is the doctors prefer just one because it's healthier for both the baby yeah. and the mother. Um, but yeah, it's uh, crazy. So we are, we're coming up to time here. Um, and I, I, I don't want to like miss anything important. I think we went over it all. Yeah. But, um, kind of like spoiler alert. Uh, it worked. You're pregnant. <laughs> uh, you're kind of showing a little bit now. Yeah. Um, what do you like? How are you guys feeling now? What's the, you know, mentally? How are you feeling? Physically? How are you feeling? Like, how does Loki feel? Did you have you noticed I Loki? As Loki, he actually, Mac Mac had a question. He yeah. said, "How does Loki feel about the change in family dynamic?" I think Loki has he can changed smell it. and reacted no. at all since he became parent. Do you do you think? I think he can. No, yeah. he won't. I don't think he'll be different until the baby's there, and he'll have anxiety and be on edge, wa wondering why this baby is in our yeah. space. Because here's the thing: when I brought my baby to the studio, which was Donut, Loki had this thing where he tried to hump him to death, <laughs> and still. Every time my baby's around, he tries to hump him to death. Do you think Loki mine. will try to hump your baby to death? I won't tell. I don't think he's a human humper, but he did that to my baby. Uh, I think. I think. He, I think. Covered I don't think piss. it's a. I don't think it's a species-related thing. I think no, it's a yeah. hierarchy thing. I think he'll yeah. look at the baby and go, "We need to take the baby and hit him with the baby, so that he realizes that the baby is above him." <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Make the that. baby piss on him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I just. I. I feel personally like, I feel very similar to the way that I felt when when we got Loki and I was like holy fuck I can't imagine I can't believe I fucking love this thing like you know our ba our kid isn't here yet but I feel I I don't know I I feel comp I never thought that I would feel this way and like when you hear people that are like oh you'll never you never oh my god you're going to feel it and you're just like fuck off it really is fucking crazy. Taylor's, yeah, no, I Taylor bet. is very giddy. Like yeah. it's I'm very in, in giddy. private. It's like yeah. shocked me even how yeah. giddy he is about it. I'm very giddy. Um, we were, I read Dr. Seuss to to our baby the other night and it was very um, cute. But again, yeah. like I mentioned to her belly? earlier. Yeah. Yeah, they can hear. Did you yell it? They, you don't need to. They can hear. That's sweet. Did you did you like put your mouth on the belly? <laughs> Dude, if I, like this? Yeah, basically. 
Um, I, yeah, I already Phoenix talked about Pam. how I felt and by Doctor Seuss. It feels like what I bet the baby. That is what it yeah, exactly it what it would sound like. Definitely, uh, and the baby's going, "Fuck, dude, you're you're clipping. You're pee, you're pee, popping." Uh, I just want to say this: uh, the the serial killer uh, comment. Melanie ch- chimed in on the chat and said. I have not turned out to be a serial killer, surprisingly. LOL. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, but yes, no, oh, I, no, I, my feeling is just that I feel very lucky and, um, and happy. But again, I, I do feel a lot of sadness for the people who struggle. Yeah. Well, so Mel also chimed in in the chat earlier and she said, I've been struggling to get pregnant. But I do love seeing other people's pregnancies and babies online. It makes me more resolute in my decision to go through with this process. So, you know, I think that's something to just keep in mind that yeah. seeing other people, you're always going to have people in the world that see success in other people and it takes them down. But there's, uh, there's also a, a, a whole swath of people that exist who see the, the highs and successes of other people and it, and it lifts them up and it makes them feel more inspired and makes them feel better. So I get it. I get where you're coming from, but also just know that like that, this is an inspiration for some people. I, I I do want to ask you guys before we wrap up too, um, I'm curious for each of you, what do you feel like is the biggest surprise or biggest learning that you've had going through this entire experience? I would say just the cost and the roller coaster of the process. Mm. Um, for me, <clears throat> like I don't think that I, I, I don't know if I would have ever learned that you had weird sperm. That would that's one thing. I don't know if I would ever have learned how to like be there for you and support you in the way that I have over the last like eight months in particular. Mm. And, and then it's, and then in that from like a communication standpoint and like a partnership standpoint in the whole process. But then since then, and you being pregnant and the, you know, the physical toll that that, you know, takes on, on someone and, and being like, so, so, so like willing and no, and with with like no remorse at all of like the sacrifice of time and like you feel this way so like i got to do all all this stuff and like almost like the increase in responsibility that i have is like <coughs> make, makes me happier dude i feel like i've seen you embrace fatherhood um <laughs> yeah before the kids even here in a, in a way that's really great. I feel like you're 5% less of a sociopath now. It's amazing. I'm at four, I, I was going to say 4%, 4%, 4%, 4% maybe. Yeah. Sociopathy is definitely on the decline. Yeah. Um, we, uh, Oh, we, we had, uh, Jillian, uh, Jillian had asked a question. Uh, do you plan to find out the gender and also any predictions? Um, w- the gender is known. We know already. I think it's going to yeah. be. A, are you going to? Do you guys want to say wait, that? You were just going to guess. That's up. That's up to you. <laughs> I was going to guess what it was because um, I know. Brian knows obviously. <laughs> you know. 
It's up to you. It's though. a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. I haven't told my close friends. So that's the only thing I feel bad about. <laughs> this but, is going to go out to the uh, whole world. This won't come out until the end of the month. This won't come out until the end of the month. This way, the lighting in here anyway, sort of matches it, the stereotypical uh, gender it's, norms. It's a girl. And do you have any? Have you guys talked about names? Only briefly. We we have to talk about it more because I had a couple, and uh, I do want to make sure we like give it thought. We haven't yeah. really given it thought. I just had a couple, but. I, like, I have a couple thoughts. Kind of like Z names. I was thinking Zenith. No, I like very short and Zenith. very unique. How about this? Excellent. Misty, but with an eye. What about dude? What about <laughs> Misty and I had mega beef at PetSmart the other day. What about managers? Eczema. She tried to overcharge me on my fucking golden retriever yeah. bath. See, this is see. I was having a conversation with with uh, with you know Igor. I was having a conversation with Igor yesterday, and he goes, he goes, don't tell anybody your anybody any names because. All they'll do is share a story of the person that has that name that they fucking hate. Okay, so so th- so th- I want to wrap on this. That's so true. Um, a good friend of mine, Mark uh, and Katie, just recently had a baby. Oh, that's a good story. And uh, they their their last so Katie's last name is Tooth. Mark's last name is Frank. Um, and they went to name their baby, and when they were thinking about baby names. Um, they, they thought of the name and they're like, I like this name. This is a good name, but let's look, let's search the name up. So they searched the baby's name up on the internet first and last name. And they found only, and the reason was because they were like, let's look this up to see if like this person, like this name is attached to like a a fucking serial killer killer or like someone who's like, just an awful, like canceled human. Yeah. Don't name your kid Jeffrey. Yeah, Matt. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So Matt Lauer. Yeah. Fuck. So 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 they they Google the baby's name, and the there's one name that turns up, and it's it's a professor at, out of like Yale University. So Mark sends uh, an email to this guy and says, "Hey, I'm gonna name my baby your name. Do you have any thoughts?" <laughs> and the guy got back to them and was like, "Yeah, here's my thought." The best name ever. <laughs> I got some, my parents were kind of like challenged on the name and they had some friends that thought it was weird. He was like, but the name has only brought me good fortune. R- rave reviews. <laughs> yeah, rave reviews. I think it's a b- brilliant name. And I was like, 100% dude, on that Tomatoes. is. Well, people remember the name when it's really different. Maybe that's right. Yeah. 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 And their baby's yeah. name, is, it's a Either very, it's a very remember cool, them very or bullied them. But yeah. yeah. Um, Kyla's yeah. trying to, Kyla wants to come up with a, a series of letters and sounds that the human race has never heard before. Yeah. Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk just did that. Yeah. And yeah. It's, uh, it yeah. didn't fly. It wasn't well received. Um, anyway, I know we're running out of time, but if there are other questions, Jer, or even, you know, just so everyone knows, definitely people can connect with me if they are wondering anything about the process. Yeah. And you and and on that note, when and Kyla's you, Instagram handle is I hate children <laughs> at I hate children. <laughs> Look it up. Um, when Kyla when Kyla put the, Kyla said out on Instagram the other day that you know we had gone through IVF and everything, and it was wild the amount of people that were like. I went through that. I'm going through that. I'm going to go through that. 
it, it, you know, it is so fucking common. Yeah, you know, and it's so a, and it's common. A, and it's a tough. I feel like yeah. everyone I've mentioned it to, they either have gone through it or they know someone who has. Like it's crazy, and and people just don't talk. about And yet again, one of those things that people just don't talk about. So, uh, first of all, to our patrons, thank you. We love you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, love doing these live streams once a month with all of you. It really means the world to us. And uh, this is eventually going to go out to the entire world. So to everyone who is listening uh, to this right now, thank you for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the follow button. And, uh, of course, we come at you three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. On our Fridays episodes, we are on YouTube. So head on over there, knock the bell icon, hit the subscribe button, because uh, we do love seeing you there every Friday. Oh yeah, baby. And uh, you know, if this is something that you have struggled with, um, that you have experience with, and that you have a um, your story to tell um, about this, let us know. Letters at sickboypodcast.com. Um, I know that it's super common. There's lots of people out there that have um, that lots of people, lots of of couples that have struggled with this. Um, so let us know uh, because. We know you're not alone out there. Um, mm-hmm. Letters at sickboypodcast.com. Uh, thanks to you two. Thanks, Kyler, for coming on and sharing what you guys have been through. I think it's incredibly important. Thank you to uh, Jer, to you for being here with me as well. And uh, thank you to Donovan the Meerkat Morgan for the amazing sound design on the show. Thank you to Jeff Lonis, our manager. And thank Jeff. you to Take Part. <coughs> Jeff's a, Jeff's a serial music. killer name. Jeff is a serial killer name. It, it, it's the literally is. That's and like what people don't know about Jeff is that his middle name is Dahmer. It's crazy. Jeffrey Dahmer Lonis. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's really unfortunate. He doesn't say that very often. But. Uh, folks, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.